Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the word of God bless you today. Listen again for the word of God from the Gospel of Matthew in the 21st chapter. Now when they had come near to Jerusalem and they had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. Now this took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. Just tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble, mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and they did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? And the crowds were saying, this is the prophet, Jesus of Nazareth in Galilee. The gospel of the Lord, praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So when he entered Jerusalem said the whole city was in turmoil. When Jesus entered into Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, and they were asking, who is this? The city was in turmoil. It was moving and shaking and quaking when he arrived. Cities in turmoil... Hmm, cities in turmoil. You know, they say that when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. arrived in Cicero, Illinois, on September 4th, 1966, the whole city was in turmoil. Crowds formed. They yelled and they shouted. The city was quaking and shaking and they asked, who is this? Now they knew it was Dr. King They wondered, who who really is this outsider, this man coming to cause turmoil in our city? 
And Dr. King was just 37 years old when he arrived in the Chicago suburb to lead a march for improving the living conditions for black Chicagoans. It was part of a movement for civil rights that doesn't get as much attention as the bus boycotts and the speeches. It was in the final part of Dr. King's life when he was one of the most unpopular figures in the country. He wasn't just talking about segregation in the South anymore, but he was talking about poverty and the de facto segregation in the North as well. You know, it was one thing to talk about integrating Montgomery, Alabama, but what about Harrisburg and Camp Hill, north of the Mason-Dixon line? Dr. King came to Cicero to point out how southern blacks who moved north in search of better jobs and better lives instead met firebombs and racist housing policies that prevented them from living in areas like the white suburbs of Chicago, Cicero, Cicero, and instead forced them into the crowded slums of the city. And so Dr. King came to Cicero, but very few saw him as their savior, and his entry into that city was far from triumphant. The city was in turmoil. Police were called in to control the, the mob of angry white people who were caught on cameras shouting vitriolic jeers as the police struggled to prevent a riot. The city was furious that he was there attempting to integrate their white neighborhoods. They knew who this was, but they wondered, who does he think he is? According to the LA Times, as Dr. King marched in the crowd, jeered, someone threw a stone that sailed through the air and hit him, hit the teacher of nonviolence in the head, sending him to his knees. His supporters had to shield the Nobel Peace Laureate from bricks and bottles. Certainly, the now seasoned civil rights leader had seen his fair share of violence, but he told reporters that day, I have never seen, even in Mississippi and Alabama, mobs as hateful as I have seen here in Chicago. And as he removed his tie, vowing to continue demonstrating, he said, yes, it's definitely a closed society. We're going to make it an open society. And the city was in turmoil because he was there with that determination, unbowed by their hatred of him. Who is this? We know something about cities in turmoil, don't we? Now, we have seen the coverage of marches and, and protests, riots, insurrections, or unfortunately rowdy tour groups depending on what side of whatever demonstration you are on. Certainly in the North in 1966, there were many white folks sympathetic to the situation of black folks down South, and many of them were the very first ones to turn when Dr. King showed up in their pretty suburbs. Hey, remember, we were on the right side of the war. Leave us out of this. 
But a commitment to civil rights is a commitment to civil rights for all people in all places, in all neighborhoods, in all churches even. Today, some of our own wealthy elites in Hollywood, the tech industry, they're all for progressive policies over there. But they are the first to try to prevent affordable housing in their own backyards. Certainly, they are many who care about climate change and its effects on poor people over there. But don't talk about the environmental impact of their private jets and yachts. We're a fickle species. We humans. Palm Sunday is an unusual demonstration of discipleship because while we wave our palms and we shout our hosannas, which is to say our praise of him, our commitment to him, our hope for what he will mean for us, we all know what comes next, right? We're a fickle species. We, the the modern-day disciples, enjoy following Jesus when it feels good, when it's helpful for us and useful, when we think that he's asking to do us something that seems reasonable. But when a Christian looks... We're we're willing when being a Christian looks like motivation for some kind of self-help for us when it looks like them has the makings of success, then yes, Hosanna. That we'll throw down the coats off our back, we'll wave our palms, but when it demands the throwing away, let's say, a good career to follow Jesus, the way James and John threw down their fishing nets. What about when he lets someone tear the roof off your building, your house, to lower a paralytic into your living room to be healed? What about when it requires you to leave the ones you love the way the disciples left families to join the family of Jesus? What about when it asks us to let go of our grasp on our possessions and our comforts and our signs of of winning the way Jesus asked the rich man to give up his possessions to follow him? We celebrate his demand to love our enemies when he's, we think he's just talking about global politics, but what about when he's talking about the old friend who hurt us so many years ago and we haven't spoken to since? What about when he's talking about loving and reconciling with the person at the counter demonstration? You see, this is really what Palm Sunday is about. The quick turn from triumphant entry into the city with us and the joyful crowd, the followers celebrating, the ones who one by one realize that we actually don't like a lot of the stuff that he's asking. Take up our cross? That doesn't sound like a winning strategy. Forgiving relentlessly as we are forgiven relentlessly? That doesn't sound safe. The poor you will have with you always but you can't always fix it? Hmm. As Jesus makes his way into the city and through Holy Week, the cheers slip away slowly and then suddenly. They become a betrayal by Judas. The cheers turn to jeers. Crucify! Three times, one of his closest disciples, Peter, denied he even knew Jesus as Jesus was being tortured 
by the powers that be. He was deserted by almost all of the disciples. There was a time when each of them met Jesus, and the hopes and the fears of all of the years were met in him. They saw in him what they truly needed to see, but they didn't want to see a lot of what he was showing them. He kept showing them how children are the ones who really seem to get it, and if you want to really get it, you need to become like them, helpless, hopeful, trusting, quick to forgive, and resilient. Grown disciples, well, we're only human. One by one, they felt their hopes misplaced and their fears realized. They must have been a little embarrassed at how long it took them to see that he was just a man. When they arrested him in the garden and he went so willingly, the way he shared that kiss with his betrayer, He said he came not to bring peace, but a sword. But then he made Peter put his away at the moment that they should have only begun to fight. So How can the son of David, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, look so silly? Wearing that purple robe they put on him. Mocking him. The dumb crown of thorns on his head. All of the bloody so human, so silly. How could we have thought that this man was going to save us? And as they turned their backs on him, maybe they caught a glimpse of the joke that was being nailed over his head on the cross. King of the Jews. The whole city was in turmoil. And everyone who had hoped in him was in turmoil too, while asking, who is this? The disciples said, we had hoped that he was the one to save us. Palm Sunday kind of has this pre-Easter feel with our shouts of hosannas, our celebration, but well, what a week to get from here to there. In Luke's gospel, it says that after they entered Jerusalem, all, of the, all triumphant, that Jesus then seeing the city in turmoil, wept over it, saying, if you, even you, had recognized on this day the things that make for peace. But now they seem to be hidden from your eyes. Jesus shows up in the holy city, and it creates turmoil, and they wonder, who is this? Many had not yet heard of him. Others had been following him for some time, and now they wondered what's next. And it's the moment we've all been waiting for. Others saw a man riding on a donkey and its cult, shouting some old Bible sayings, and they were like, who's this? Just another day in the holy city. There were hopes in the crowd, and there were doubts, and there were fears, and there were misplaced ambitions, some growing dread, some joy some excitement, a great deal of love, and turmoil. And here we are today with our own little demonstration in our own way, with our own mixture of emotions, of beliefs, here about who this is, what it means to to me and my hopes for my community, for my world. And there is still turmoil. Another mass shooting of young children and their teachers in a church school 
tornadoes causing mass casualties, a savior, a father, a sailor, a father who, who dies by suicide, war in Europe and rumors of war, abject poverty in our own neighborhood, and the very same unfair housing policies, a glut of illegal and legal drugs ravaging our communities, political strife and seemingly irreconcilable division, helplessness, turmoil. And within each of us, our own personal turmoil, the stuff that so many carry without others knowing. And then among it all, in this little corner of the kingdom, a small group of disciples have gathered with palms and we demonstrate again and into all of the turmoil, he comes. Into our misunderstandings, he comes. Into our failures, still he comes. Into our prejudices and our hypocrisies, our misgivings, our disappointments, our fear, sin, he comes. With all that is to come, the ways that, that we pick and choose what of him we want to believe, the way that, that we look for our own paths among the one that he has made for us, the way that we are prone to wander, and Lord, I feel it, still he comes for us. Somehow, we manage to speak the truth of him, even we don't understand what it means for us. Praise him the son of David, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. What a journey this Holy Week is. From palms and praise to rejection, disappointment and suffering, and yet it is for precisely this that he comes. Humble, loving, forgiving, inviting, healing, helping us. What a journey this life is. And he comes into the turmoil, into our turmoil. And we have yet to be able to fully answer that question, who is this? And still we try and we must for what we have to offer among the turmoil is the answer, and it is our greatest hope that this is Jesus. He is Jesus, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. And he is here for us, and he will never stop coming into our world of turmoil, taking it all, carrying us through it all to glory. And so, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Amen. listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. 
To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then, may God be with you.